0: this morning and thank you dear pianist for being so quick on the spot and thank you for someone who left a hymnal they're not they're rare these days we don't find hymnals anymore so whoever left that up on the piano thank you that's great well people say that uh, christmas is getting a bit commercial Uh, let's take a look at this clip Let's see what. Let's see what. What's coming around here? Can you play that for us? This is only.
1: It is not intended nor implying to be a substitute for actual knowledge. It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This message provided by the committee to re-elect Caesar Augustus, emperor of Rome. I'm Caesar Augustus, and I approve this message. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. This paragraph brought to you by the Tourism Board of Bethlehem. When planning your next vacation, consider the lovely surroundings and fabulous attractions of the town made famous by a manger. Bethlehem, little town, big fun. Joseph's espoused wife, Mary, was great with child, and so it was that the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Next time you need something delivered, remember NPS, Nazarene Parcel Service. What can Tan do for you? And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Don't let this happen to you. Get discount rates and guaranteed reservations online by visiting TravelGotiator.com. When booking your next stay, mention this ad and get free swaddling cloths. TravelGotiator.com. Now there were in the same country shepherds in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. No animals were harmed in the recording of this narration. Animal activities were monitored by the Judean Humane Society. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and they were greatly afraid. Don't be afraid in your home. Feel secure day and night with smart, secure monitoring. Call 1-555-SAFE-CALL for a free, no-obligation consultation. Live operators are standing by. The angel said... Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people. Can't find that joyful feeling? Try Prescription Strength Joloff by the makers of Mobigra. As will all medicines, Joloff may cause side effects. Check with your doctor if you experience dizziness, flushing, headache, heartburn, stuffy nose, upset stomach, sudden loss of vision in one or both eyes, uncontrolled giggling, or severe depression. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Reference to the term men is rendered in inclusive form and can be construed to include men, women, children below the age of majority and any as yet to be identified alien life forms. Subject to the terms and conditions of any pending legal proceedings in the jurisdictional area of gender-specific terminology. This scripture brought to you by the good people of Bag & Go. For all your convenience needs, stop by today for a low-fat mocha latte-skim chai. Free with 10-gallon fill-up. When you're in a hurry, there's always time for Bag & Go. Merry Christmas. And you rebroadcast, broadcast, we trans- <laughs> I don't know. Do
0: you think it's getting commercialized? I don't know. That's amazing. You know, uh, as we get into the colors of Christmas today, we're going to be talking about a green Christmas. But I, 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 uh, sometimes it is kind of distressing this time of the year, and it's not, uh, it's not for its crass commercialism or forced frivolity, uh, but because it's the season when I think the food police... Uh, come out with their wagging fingers and their annual tips of how to get through the holidays without gaining 10 pounds. You, you can't pick up a magazine without finding a list of holiday eating do's, do's, and, excuse me, do's and don'ts. You eliminate uh, second helpings, high calorie sauces and cookies made with butter. That's what they tell you. And you fill up on vegetables. Good grief. I mean, uh, is your favorite childhood memory of Christmas a carrot stick? I mean, really? I, I didn't think so. Mine isn't either. I think the carrots, what you give to the reindeer, I, I had, and I kind of developed my own list here for holiday joy in eating. And I'd like that to read that to you. So if you're taking notes this morning, you might want to write these down. And uh, I assure you, if you follow them, uh, you'll be fat and happy. And uh, so, so what if you don't make it to New Year's? <laughs> you'll see Jesus, no big deal. Uh, number one. About those, carrot, about those carrot sticks, avoid them. Anybody who puts carrot sticks on a holiday buffet table knows nothing of the Christmas spirit. In fact, if you see carrots, leave their home immediately. Uh, go next door where they're serving cheese balls. Uh, number two, drink as much eggnog as you can. And quickly. You can't find it any other time of the year but now, so, so drink up. And who cares if it's 10,000 calories per sip? It's not as if you're going to turn into an ignaholic or something, you know. It's a treat. Enjoy it. Have one, have two, you know. Number three, if something comes with gravy, Use it. That's the whole point of gravy. It's not a standalone product. You know, you pour it on, make a volcano out of your mashed potatoes, fill it with gravy, eat the volcano. (laughs) As for mashed potatoes, always ask if they're made with skim or whole milk. If it's skim, pass. Why bother? It's like buying a sports car with an automatic transmission. Number five, do not have a snack before going to the party in an effort to control your eating. The whole point of going to a Christmas party is to eat other people's food for free. Lots of it. Don't you remember college days? Number six, under no circumstances should you exercise between now and New Year's. You can do that in January when you've got nothing else to do. This is a time for long naps because you're going to need it after circling the buffet table while carrying a 10-pound plate of food. (laughs) Number seven, if you come across really something good at the buffet table, like frosted Christmas cookies, In the shape of Santa, position yourself near the table, and then don't budge. Have as many as you can before becoming the center of attention. They're like a beautiful pair of shoes. You can't just leave them behind. You may never see them again. Number eight, as for pies, apple, pumpkin, mincemeat, have a slice of each. Or if you don't like mincemeat, have two apples and one pumpkin. Always have three. I mean, when do you ever get dessert on a holiday? Labor Day? I don't think so. Number nine, did someone mention fruitcake? Granted, it's loaded with mandatory celebratory calories, but I say avoid it. I mean, you got to have some standards here. Number ten, and one final tip. If you don't feel terrible when you're leaving the party or get up from the table, you haven't paid attention. And you can reread my tips one more time. Well, that's for fun. This can be a tough time of the year for many people. We give presents we can't afford to people we barely like, to receive gifts we sometimes can't use. Often we trade gifts. We often ask, How much did they spend on me? Paul Tournier, the great uh, contemplative writer, in his article on the meaning of gifts, talks about gifts you like versus gifts they like. And of course, we choose the former. Gary Chapman even has one of the love languages in his book devoted to gift giving. Giving is a learned behavior, and it's usually about what is mine. About four or five years ago, a gentleman by the name of John Easley was found by a watchman at the Grand Eagle department store while making the rounds of the bargain basement. Mr. Easley was under the counter. He was a thin, apparently, man in his mid-30s and very shabbily dressed. His pockets were empty and there was no identification on his person. Store officials believed he was trampled to death in the Christmas rush and crawled under the counter for shelter. However, they are unable to account for what appears to be nail wounds in his hands. The police are investigating. There's also families that celebrate Christmas every year with a birthday party for Jesus an extra chair is of honor it becomes at the table and it's a family's reminder of Christ's presence at the table a cake with candles along with the singing of happy birthday expresses the family's joy that Christ is there in 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 spirit one year a Christmas afternoon visitor was attending this particular party and asked little five-year-old Ruth did you get everything you wanted for Christmas after a moment's hesitation she replied no but then it's not my birthday. Well, what an appropriate misprint in the church bulletin. The choir will now sing, I heard the bills on Christmas Day. In John 17, verse 7, the scripture says, Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the words you gave me. That's what every preacher can attest to. This is from the high priestly prayer of Jesus in the garden. And I think the first question we're asked this morning, then, is how do I give? In Matthew 6, verse 2, it says, When you give a gift to someone in need, don't shout about it as the hypocrites do. Which is a corrective teaching, I think. Blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I assure you, they have received all the reward they're ever going to get. But when you give to someone, don't tell your left hand what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in secret, and your Father, who knows all secrets, will reward you. we covered that in the Beatitudes in terms of our our attitude of, of mercy and joy and peace and so forth. But here Jesus is simply saying that when we give, I think it's best to give anonymously. Now it doesn't mean that you can't be recognized. It's okay. Barnabas' was, gift was recognized in Acts chapter 4. He was recognized to the point that Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 tried to imitate Barnabas, but they lied. They said they gave it all when they only gave a portion. It's okay to be recognized, but maybe the preferable way is to do it anonymously. In Acts chapter 10, verse 4, Cornelius stared at him in terror and says, What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have not gone unnoticed by God. Most of you in this church, I think, probably are going to give some gifts at Christmas, and I don't think that's wrong at all. But this morning, I would ask you, even from point one, is it going to be a real show? Because I think the real gifts and the spirit of that giving should be something that really should be noticed more by God than how greatly it's wrapped. Cornelius, here in this verse, was a Roman centurion. He was captain in the, in the town of Joppa. And here God observes and notes his giving. And why was Cornelius the first Gentile to receive the Holy Spirit? Most commentators, and I agree with them, believe it's because he had a giving, generous spirit. But it's not just how we give, it's also the benefits of giving. In Luke 6.38 it says, If you give, you'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together, to make room for more and running over. Now, it says, if you give. By the way, uh, the Greek can be very helpful here because this is a conditional statement, but it's a third-class conditional in the Greek, which means, and would be better translated in the Scripture saying, the word if to the word since. Since you give, your gift will return to you in full measure. Why? Because he's speaking to disciples who have already made the decision to follow Jesus. That's like you. You've made the decision to follow Christ. Amen. And, and, and this is where the spirit of giving comes in. It's not just how, it's also the benefits here that are very, very important. Our giving should be Christ-like at this point. It says, whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be used to measure what has been given back to you. Giving people receive more. In fact, William Barclay said, the fact of Jesus' coming is the final and unanswerable proof that God cares. This is the one that is so great that we all look forward to in the end days. In John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life God expresses his love and giving and so should we our giving should be something that is unbelievable it shouldn't be just gift exchange I mean that gift exchange goes like this Oh, they gave me a present I I wonder how much that cost 20 bucks okay honey let's make sure we give them something that's about twenty dollars back or if you get a gift that's worth four dollars but you gave them a gift that cost 100 you say to yourself, uh, we can get this straightened out next year. That's just gift exchange. That's not what Jesus is talking about. That's not what Scripture talks about. Our giving, if we do give, should be given preferably anonymously, but it's okay to be recognized. And then it should come as a benefit. It should come with total and complete uh, uh, giving uh, an attitude of giving, and so God expresses His love in giving. The Spirit of Christ by Saint Francis is a, an amazing an amazing song, and it 's a, a poem as well, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace, where there is hatred, let me sow love, where there is injury, pardon, where there is doubt, faith, where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be considered or consoled as to console, to be understood as to to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is dying that we are born into eternal life. That describes your giving? Is that what's going to happen around the tree in just a couple of weeks? Whether it's Christmas Eve... A Christmas Day? Is that the attitude that you'll see? Gerald Kennedy put it this way. William Butler Yeats declared that Christianity was distinguished from Oriental religions in that what was philosophy in Eastern Asia became biography in the Gospels. This, my friends, is the heart of Christmas. Philosophy becomes a man. Or as the fourth gospel has put it, the Word became flesh. This makes a difference between other religions and Christianity, but it also goes to the center of what the good news really is. It's a gift. In fact, Paul put it in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thank God for His Son. A gift too wonderful for words. We talked about the how. We talked about the benefits. But it is Christ's gift that inspires ours as well. It's a gift that inspires all other gifts. The famed British actor and author, Rudard Rudard Kipling, best known for his book called The Jungle Book, made a fortune from his writing career. One day a reporter approached him and said, I've read that somewhere someone has calculated all the money you've made from your books, and it comes to $100 per word. Then hoping to to turn the meeting into a great story, the reporter reached into his pocket and pulled out a $100 bill and he said, Here, Mr. Kipling, can I have one of your $100 words? Kipling took the money, put it in his wallet and said, Thanks. (laughs) Thanks is a word we often use, but rarely it is spoken in sincerity, in the midst of our overabundance, ingratitude. It's a persistent epidemic in our society. Are we truly grateful for what we have? Do we put conditions on our thankfulness? Do we understand that Christ is too wonderful for words? That He goes beyond the ability of the human language to express its wonder? God's greatest gift becomes the wonder of Christmas. And I think of that chorus that we sometimes sing in church. You are beautiful beyond description. Too marvelous for words. Too wonderful for comprehension. Like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depths of your love? You are beautiful beyond description. Majesty enthrones above. And I stand in awe. It was Wilda English who wrote, God grant you the light in Christmas, which is faith. The warmth of Christmas, which is love. The radiance of Christmas, which is purity. The righteousness of Christmas, which is justice. The belief in Christmas, which is truth. And the all of Christmas, which is Christ. You can never truly enjoy Christmas until you look up into the Father's face and tell Him you have received His Christmas gift. And that gift inspires your giving. Is that what will happen in a couple of weeks around the tree? I pray it does. I pray that more times it can be anonymous than recognized. I pray that you would look to see that your gifts bring benefit. I pray that it will be inspired by what Christ did for you. In 1 Peter three seven it says, God's gift of new life to you. Men and women are joint recipients. In Romans 4.16 it says, God's promise is given to us as a free gift. In other words, the fourth thing I'd like to leave for you today is that there are no strings attached when God gives a gift. When I was pastor in Germany... I learned a lot about the history of that area. Uh, One of the fellows that attended a church was professor of history at the university there in, in Frankfurt. And he was a walking encyclopedia of the history of Germany. A few pages missing, but mostly he was right on target there all the time. And I I would just go with him, and I'd go to a castle, and he would be describing this and that and everything else. And it was just like drinking from a fire hose. He was so amazing with his content. He told me that early in the 19th century, the king of Prussia, William Frederick III, found himself in great trouble. He was carrying on expensive wars. He was endeavoring to strengthen his country and make a great nation of the Prussian people. But he did not have enough money to accomplish his plan. He could not disappoint his people, and to capitulate to the enemy was unthinkable. After careful reflection, he decided to approach the women of Prussia and ask them to bring their gold and silver jewelry to be melted down and made into money for their country. He resolved, moreover, that for each gold or silver ornament, he would give in exchange a bronze or iron decoration as a token of his gratitude. Each inscription or each decoration would bear the inscription, I gave gold for iron. 1813. The response was overwhelming. And what was even more important was that these women prized those gifts from the king more highly than their former possessions. The reason, of course, I think is clear. The decorations were proof that they had sacrificed for their king. Indeed, it is a matter of history that it became unfashionable for women even to wear jewelry in Prussia. So the order of the iron cross was established. Members of this order wore no ornaments save for the cross of iron for all to see. That's inspiration, folks. What is it about the adornment, not just for men, for women, but for men as well? Romans 6 23 it says the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord when you accept God's free gift he gives you eternity in Ephesians 2 8 it says God saved you by his special favor when you believed and you can't take credit for this it is a gift from God here the Greek again can be very helpful saved is in the perfect tense indicating that it is done you can't take credit it's hard for many people. They want to earn it. They want to be worthy of it. But it's a gift. In 1 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. Here, gifts were for the common good, the good of all. God's giving continues. Salvation, forgiveness, eternal life, and now spiritual gifts. And in turn, we should share it as well. Each of you have a spiritual gift, at least one. Is it being used in the church? Is it being shared? Is it coming from the inspiration of how Christ gave to you? In Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, it says, God's gift and His call can never be withdrawn. So that brings us to our fifth point. Not only how, that it's preferred anonymously. Number two, that there's great benefits. Number three, that His giving inspires ours. Number four, that there are no strings. And now fifth, is that His gift doesn't change. It says, these gifts are yours forever. The unchanging God never regrets His promise or alters His purpose. In 2 Corinthians 8, 7, it says, Since you excel in so many ways, you have so much faith, such gifted speakers, such knowledge, such enthusiasm, and such love for us. Now I want you to know, I want you to excel also in this gracious ministry of giving. And I want to ask you, is that what's going to happen around this, the Christmas tree in a couple of weeks? Is that the Spirit? The issue... It's a green Christmas. Green doesn't mean commercial. Maybe it means go do these things. And then a final thing. I would just say, number six, put it into practice. In Luke eleven twenty seven, 27, it says, "More, More blessed are all who hear the Word of God and put it into practice. The Bible speaks of great blessing, but only twice does it say more blessed. Those who hear and choose to put it into practice and do it through the Spirit. Lloyd C. Douglas, who wrote... The great book, The Robe, said anyone who has experienced in giving and getting knows it is easier to be generous than grateful. Generosity expands you, builds you up, stiffens your spine. But if you are on the receiving end of this philanthropy, you either have to do something to earn it, or demonst- or earn it and demonstrate your gratitude, or the gift is likely to tear you down. It is indeed more blessed to, and it's give, not give, than receive. Lloyd Douglas. Acts 20.35 says, You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus, It is more blessed to give than receive. These words, the word that Paul gave to the church at Ephesus as he left them, that was his final words to the elders. So we have two areas then of being more blessed when we do what God says and what we give. So make a decision to give more, to freely give with joy. Don't be a scrooge. Open your heart this Christmas and really enjoy the giving. I hope you do give gifts. I think it's fine. But recall to yourself, I want to do it in the Spirit. I don't want anything recalled. I want to give it to last. Roger Thompson in his book called Treasure in a Brown Bag writes, When I was in high school, I worked for an armored car company. It was the Brinks Company in San Bernardino, California. My job was to take care of the coins. We would get 40 tons of coins from Las Vegas alone. I could wrap $10,000 of quarters in an hour. That's about 80 pounds. One day we get a call. Bank of America needs quarters, and they need them fast. All the trucks were out, so Larry, my manager, brings his 49 Ford pickup around to the bay. We load up 25,000 quarters or so. You do the math. Twenty-five times, times uh, an 80-pound bag is one ton of quarters. The 49 Ford was dragging a bit. We pulled up to the B of A, and Larry says, I'm going inside the story to get a a dolly to haul this stuff out. I waited by the pickup. Very nervous. The treasure that people were walking by, but they didn't see it because of the commonness of the delivery system. You and I are referred to in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 as simply jars of clay. In fact, the original King James says pots. And sometimes we're a little cracked. But the treasure inside is incredible. John D. Rockefeller at the age thirty three was a millionaire. At forty three, he was a billionaire. At fifty three, at his age, he was the richest man in the world, making a million dollars per day. But he was sick. He lived on soft bread, milk, cheese, and crackers. Then at age 55, he began to give his money away. He found the gift of giving. Within two years, he was completely healed, and he died at age 98. Stay anonymous if you can. Understand that what you're giving are blessings. Let Christ inspire you. Give your gifts with no strings. Let it not become changed. And most importantly, put it into practice. Lord, thanks for this morning. Thank you that you remind us again that in the midst of all this commercialism and all the buying and the wheeling and the dealing, we can be... We can be people who center on your, your giving and the way that you gave, not calling attention to ourselves, but a calling attention to the Spirit of God that dwells within us. May you be seen in our lives. May you be the one that's raised up. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Let's stand as we sing together one more song before we leave. A beautiful Christmas one we started off with. Go tell it. Go."